Our focus on Good Friday, of course, is the cross and the death of Jesus. I don't know what you see when you see that cross. Quite often we see pictures of the cross that are very sanitized, the woods plain down, but the, the cross was not sanitized. As the song says, it was a rugged cross that Jesus died on. What do you see when you see the cross and we th- you think of Jesus this morning? In the passage that Eileen has read, there were three groups of people that walked by and had their opinions. The first group saw a man who made promises that he didn't keep. They saw thought. The second group said they saw a man who saved others, but himself he couldn't save. The third group saw a man who claimed to be king, but couldn't prove it. This morning, what do you see when you look at the cross? We see a saviour. But more than that, we see the saviour. And perhaps even more than that, I see my saviour. The first group were passers-by. They weren't really passing by because this place was Calvary, it was Golgotha. The place of a skull, it had the appearance of a skull, that's why it was called that. There was no way to go when you got there. The Bible says there were passers-by. They weren't really passers-by because they weren't passing by to go anywhere. They were voyeurs. They were the crowd that wanted to see this gruesome event on Calvary. It was a route to nowhere. You had to want to go there to see this. And they wanted to gloat. And they wanted to hurl insults. They said, the Bible says they hurled insults and they shook their heads. And they said, you claim that if you destroy the temple, you would raise it up again. And they were referring to that story in the beginning of Jesus' ministry where he went to the temple in Jerusalem in John chapter 2 and he took a whip and he cleared the temple out. And the Jews said, what authority have you got to do this? And he said, well, destroy the temple in three days, I'll raise it up. He made promises he can't keep. And they're bringing that back to mind. What do you see this morning when you look at a saviour on the cross? Do you see a man who was God, who kept his promises, bringing salvation to the world? At any time, Jesus could have come down from the cross. He could have aborted the mission. He could have said, enough's enough. I am the Christ. I am the King. I have all power. And watch, I will display it. But this morning, for you and for me, he hung there in shame. The ruler of the universe, the king of all things, the creator of all things, the saviour of the world. The second group of people were the chief priests and teachers of the law. They said his claims are hollow. He claimed to save others. Well, that must be hollow because he can't even save himself. He claimed to be the Messiah, the king of Israel. Let him prove it by coming down from the cross. Interestingly, Pilate had written this statement the king of the Jews, just to antagonize the Jews because that was not their opinion of who Jesus was. And in the same passage referred to in John 19, the Jews went to Pilate and said, just a minute, we want that changing, to say he claimed he was the king of the Jews. And we have those famous words that Pilate spoke, what I have written, I have written. What do you see when you look at the cross this morning? Do you see a saviour who was the Messiah, the king, the one to whom we give our allegiance this morning, the one whose love was without end? The third group that we read about in the passage were the, the robbers who were crucified with Jesus. 
it says they heaped insults on Jesus. Why did they do that? Possibly they just wanted to distract attention from themselves. They wanted to go with the crowd because the crowd were against Jesus. And we see the pressure of the crowd in the events leading up to Jesus' death was immense. You remember that when they came into Jerusalem, they were singing, Hosanna, this is our king. And yet a few days later they were saying, oh, king? We have no king but Caesar. Crucify him, send him away. The crowds were fickle. They went with the the, the flow of the majority. They were sucked in by leaders who twisted the story. wonder what you see this morning. Today, I see a saviour who took the mocking, the insults, the misunderstanding, who went willingly to the cross and all the pain that that meant. The cost of your salvation, the cost for him to be a saviour was immeasurable, including and most importantly, bearing our sin in his own body on the tree. He's not just the saviour of the world this morning. He's our saviour. He's my saviour. In the words of a 1815 hymn, we sing the praise of him who died, of him who died upon the cross. The sinner's hope let men deride, for this we count the world but loss. Inscribed upon the cross we see, In shining letters, God is love. He bears our sins upon the tree. He brings us mercy from above. We do well to say this morning, hallelujah, what a saviour. And now Jordan Smith is going to come and just share his testimony about what the cross means to him. Thanks, Jordan. I lived a fairly quiet life in my childhood years and through my teenage years, but as a lot of uh, 18-year-olds, you start going out drinking just on a weekend, maybe a few times during the week, um, but that escalated quite quickly. And um, on a weekend, I uh, maybe got in with the wrong crowd and I started taking drugs. Um, this was just a weekend thing. It then escalated even more. And before I knew it, I was taking drugs on a daily basis. Um, I lost my job. I lost my home. Um, relationships started to break down, even with really close family. Um, I started getting in trouble with the police, and something had to change. Um, I tried counselling. That didn't seem to really work. I ended up owing a lot of money to, as you can imagine, the wrong kind of people. Um, and the Christian family decided they would help me out with that. They got me sat down the dinner table, and they spoke to me about this Jesus fellow and how he can change my life. That is all I remember from that probably half an hour, 45 minute conversation. All I wanted was that money to go and pay my debts before something really bad happened to me. Um, a week later, uh, Andrew Spence phoned me and he said, there's a church meeting in Stockton. He says, I think you need to go. Me not realising at the time, but God had obviously spoke to him that day. And off I went to this church meeting. Some of you may have heard of Graham Seed. He was giving his testimony and um, I could really relate to what he had to say and how his life was transformed by this Jesus guy. Um, And at the end, he gave an altar call and he said, please stand up if you want to give your life to Jesus. And I'm sat there thinking, don't know about this. Maybe maybe try a few more church meetings and we'll see how we go. But as I was sat there, my heart started beating and it started beating harder and faster and faster and harder. And before I knew it, I was on my feet and I'd said that prayer and on that day, I received love, I received grace, I received mercy, I received forgiveness. And it's all because Jesus laid his life down on that cross. From then, it wasn't easy. It was a 
day-to-day struggle and I had to learn, just like we all do, that as Jesus laid his life on that cross that day, that we have to do that on a daily basis, laying our lives down day by day. And sometimes that wasn't easy. Sometimes maybe when I didn't do that was the times I messed up and I messed up time and time again. But you know what? As we come back to the cross and we ask for forgiveness, we turn away from our sin and turn to God. He's faithful and he's just. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And he forgives us each and every time. God has really blessed me. He's took me to Africa twice, two weeks and ten weeks. Then relationships that to man would never, ever be restored. God has restored those relationships. I've seen healings and answered to prayers. And it's all because of Jesus on that cross. Fantastic. Let's pray for Jordan, shall we? Just reach a hand, a prayer out towards him. Lord, we thank you that you are a transformational God and that your resurrection, Lord Jesus, still applies today. Thank you for how you've transformed Jordan's life and we pray you'll continue to use him and his story to reach out to others. Thank you for the cross, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your salvation. Amen. God bless you. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. A forsaken saviour. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever felt forsaken by God? Found yourself in a situation where you feel bereft, abandoned, completely alone. Feels like God has turned his back on you. Maybe through bereavement or illness or unemployment. Maybe a broken relationship or just loneliness. We all go through these experiences and emotions at various points in our lives. And the question often in those situations that's on our lips is, where are you, God? Where are you? God's answer to that question on Good Friday is, I know how you feel. And that's why I came in the person of my son Jesus to experience all that you experience. To feel what it means to be rejected, broken, and deserted by the ones I love. God became man so that we could see that God has not deserted us. Jesus, the Son of God, is with us in our darkest hour, bearing our sins and our pain, crying out with us to God his Father, to God our Father. 
He uses the words from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. As Steve said, Jesus' accusers challenged him to prove his credentials by coming down from the cross. But they had it completely wrong. They had it the wrong way round because Jesus had to prove himself by staying on the cross. And by staying on the cross, the way into God's presence was opened up to us all. The curtain which restricted access into God's presence was ripped open so that anybody could approach God, their father, any time. Not by way of the temple or ritual or religion, but by way of the cross. Our pluralistic consumer culture would like to choose its own path to God, but this is just not the choice we are given. The choice we are given respects our free will, but also demands a verdict on Jesus Christ. Who do you say he is? Is he just another false messiah? Fake news dreamed up by his followers after a failed attempt at glory. Or is he in fact the person who he claimed to be? God the Son, the Saviour of all who will believe in his name. This is a choice we are given at the foot of the cross And the first person to realize it was a Roman centurion at the foot of the cross who said, surely this man was the son of God. At the foot of the cross, we encounter a failure. He came to save us, can't even save himself. Surely this can't be God. At the foot of the cross, we encounter a man bearing his pain, Breathing his last in shame. Surely this can't be God. At the foot of the cross we encounter a son. Crying out to his father. The silence is deafening. Surely this can't be God. At the foot of the cross we encounter a soldier. Hardened. Familiar with death. But not this kind of death. Surely this must be God. At the foot of the cross, we encounter a saviour, bearing our sin on our behalf, refusing to budge. Surely this is God. At the foot of the cross, we encounter our choice. Turn your back and look away, or kneel in humble worship. Surely this is God, our saviour. Amen. Just like to invite Joe and Mike and Steve to come forward with me and we are going to just take a moment now in silence to reflect at the foot of the cross on Jesus, our Saviour, and then we'll share communion together. So let's just take a moment now. Thank you.
Here is the table of the Lord. We are gathered to his supper, a foretaste of things eternal. Come when you are fearful to be made new in love. Come when you are doubtful to be made strong in faith. Come when you are regretful and be made whole. Come, old and young, there is room for all. The kingdom of God is justice and peace. Let us then pursue the things that make for peace. Where lies abound, you call us to speak truth. Where greed takes all, you call us to act justly. Where violence consumes, you call us to live peacefully. Where death mocks us, you call us to live in Christ. We set aside our wisdom, our will, our words. We empty our hearts and bring nothing in our hands. We yearn for the healing, the holding, the accepting, the forgiving, which Christ alone can offer. So may the peace of the Lord rest within us and remain with us today and always. Amen. The story and the thanksgiving. The tradition which I hand on to you comes from the Lord himself. For on the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, gave God thanks and then broke it, saying, This is my body that is for you. Do this and remember me. In the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper and said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it and remember me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this simple meal, our communion with God the Eucharist, our thanksgiving to God, our Father, for the gift of his Son in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body given for us. We share it together today in grateful thanks. And thank you for the cup, which represents the new covenant in your blood. Thank you that you continue to make that covenant with us. You continue to offer that covenant to us by your spirit, day by day, to us and to the whole world. We give you our thanks this day. In your name. Amen.